BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Good morning, everybody. How are we doing? Happy Tuesday. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Elkan, and Dennis Dick with you today. Well, if you were like me and you thought, man, the bar is so low on for Zoom, how could they possibly go lower? Well, you were wrong. Zoom earnings out last night. Numbers actually weren't that terrible, but it's it's the same thing as we've seen from Netflix and Roku and Etsy and all these companies that benefited from the pandemic. It's the same exact thing. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about payment for order flow. We won't get too into the weeds of things, but uh, Gary Gensler sort of um, made waves yesterday with his comments to Barron's about pan, uh, banning payment for order flow. So we'll talk about that, the implications of that. Uh, we had an index... Um, uh, rebalance uh, announcement overnight. S and P mid cap four hundred. A few stocks going in there. The the ads are being are trading up this morning. We'll talk about those as well. Um, we'll take questions from our chat as always. Uh, we try to do that. Uh, and uh, yeah, smash the like button. And Joel, how are we doing this morning? Oh, we're a little bit in the red. We're twenty handles off the high of forty two and a quarter, trading just off the low at forty five twenty one. We'll see what happens. It unchanged this morning at uh, twenty five and a quarter. That's our all time closing high. Uh, crude repelling off the sixty nine seventy dollar area, down seventy four cents at sixty eight forty eight. Gold climbing, gold up two ninety at uh, sixteen fifteen ten. I don't know if you guys uh, uh, caught the, the the news, but Palantir bought a, a boatload of gold. We can maybe talk about that. Uh, it's kind of like micro strategy buying Bitcoin. Uh, you have uh, silver over twenty four bucks, up twelve point nine cents at twenty four thirteen. Bitcoin just a little bit of a trading range here, uh, forty seven thousand five hundred to forty nine thousand five hundred. Uh, we're down six hundred ten dollars at forty eight one fifty five. Ethereum futures—they're going the opposite way in a big way, up two point six seven percent, ninety dollars at thirty four. Has it made a new high on the move? 
Is Ethereum making a new high on the move? It did make a new high on the nice. move. Nice. I like that. Yes. Long and Ethereum. I like, I like that. Yeah. And it, Ethereum's been the leader. I told so, that's why I traded in my you, Bitcoin for Ethereum. You're just a Bitcoin trader. I had I'm, a little bit of Bitcoin, but I traded most of my Bitcoin in for Ethereum. All right, Dennis. Even in my kids' RESP, the, the, retire, the education retirement or whatever you call it, registered education thing that they have in Ontario. I uh, I traded that in. I traded all their Bitcoin in for Ethereum. All right, Dennis, only on a, Ethereum. Wait, there's I, a, a rumor on the street. Are you, Spencer, did you say something else about Bitcoin? There's a rumor on the street that Gary Gensler consulted with Dennis Dick. Mm. Uh, I'm getting rid of the payment for order flow that you gave him an entire 42-page plan on how to get rid of payment for I sent them that in 2016. <laughs> but nobody listened in 2016. Maybe I should resend it now. <laughs> yes, I met with the regulators back in 2016 on payment for order flow, and then I gave examples on how the market could benefit without payment for order flow. I uh, was met with... Um, I think Your the regulators, they all listen, but there was a lot of other people on the other side of this argument that are obviously benefiting from these relationships, including Charles Schwab, that had a few choice words to say uh, to me in the live panel. But in any regard here, yes, again, Charles I did himself. say yesterday. That not, payment not, not, Charles, not Charles himself, Joel, I don't think. That would be fun. He asked if Charles himself was there. Charles Schwab. Oh, yes, no. Charles no. wasn't there. I didn't talk to Chuck. <laughs> we are all full of puns here today. <laughs> you ever want to read it? I could actually put it in the chat. I have a, it wasn't 42 pages, but it was probably a, a dozen pages on payment for order. Flow. You, before you move too far off it, can I just yeah. uh, say I did buy a third of crypto yesterday. Uh, spur of the moment, spontaneous thing. I bought Solana, SOL. I've been wanting um, to buy that Solana. Yeah. I I, Cardano. Every day I, I see another person talking about talking up Solano and I thought all right $500 here we go so I'm all I'm, I'm all in I'm all in $500 of Solano anyway okay that $500 could eventually be worth $5 million you never know unlimited upside who are you to say it won't be hey, uh, you never know yeah you never know anything yeah okay uh Robin Hood payment for order flow Gary Tell us what happened yesterday Gary Gensler was speaking to Barron's I, honestly I can't remember the last time um, Barron's moved, made waves like this, but Gensler speaking to Barron's and uh, said, yes, it is on, quote, on the table. Banning payment for flow was on the table. Talked about the conflict of interest. We, we know about all that. We know about the conflict of interest. We know about the price. It's certainly not, in many ways, it's not a good system. Um, but uh, we've heard this kind of thing before and uh, we've talked about this before and I think we, uh, you both are in agreement as far as um, what we want to happen versus what will actually happen yeah. or not happen. There is what you want and what and when, and there's there's a practicality, right? And I think you're both coming at this from a, a practical standpoint. I, I don't think you're going to see a ban on payment for order flow. Would the markets benefit from it? In the short term, liquidity would be an issue. Um, you'd have to get obviously market makers to come in, and you know th this is so. So basically, the whole if you just want to like really simplify it, you know what what's payment for order flow? You know how does it really work? So you've got a, a brokerage like Robinhood that can offer free commissions because of payment for order flow. So there is literally companies that will buy your orders. So you send an order, your order goes to what's called an off-exchange market maker. 
and they will look at your order. They pay for the privilege to get your order. So your order doesn't go to the exchange through Robinhood. It goes to a, a market maker, an over-the-counter market maker. They then look at your order and say, do we want to trade against your order or not? So they have first dips. They're buying first dips to trade against you. If they think you're on the wrong side of the market, they trade against you. If they think your order is informed, they take they just say, okay, no, pass. We don't want that one. They still pay for it, but they send it to the public market. That's basically how it works. They're paying for first dips to trade against you. That's why the, there's this, such a huge business. And that's why there's so much conflict of interest in it. With that being said, this is why there is free commissions. Because if you didn't have this, the brokerages would have a tough time making money. So do you want free commissions? You've got to give the off-exchange market maker the right to trade against you. So there is huge conflicts of interest and there's huge implications for the overall market. And I've argued, especially in the small caps, that there is less liquidity in the small caps because market makers are doing everything off exchange. They don't have to post as tight markets on exchange. So what happens is, and Dave Lowers argued this too, obviously, is that the spreads, especially in small caps, might be artificially wider because of these arrangements. So even though you think you're getting a better price, the spread, I'll just say the stock was 25 bid to 2510 ask. Maybe it would be 2505 to 2508. That spread could be five, six cents tighter, maybe on some of these small cap stocks. Now, on the mega caps, they're all one penny spreads. They're thick. They got a high frequency market making. They got a lot of their stuff going on there. So, all the, th- the argument is that Dave Lauer and I have argued for a decade now is that I believe in the small cap space <clears throat> that the markets would be tighter. You wouldn't have these really wide markets, all, you know, and some small caps are very wide, you know, and stocks like AMD and stocks like Bank of America, it's not as much of an issue. There's so much, so much ETF arbitrage going on. There's so many other players in there. It's not as much of an issue, but in the small caps, it's definitely an issue. And I think a lot of the small caps would have tighter markets if it wasn't for one off exchange market makers basically getting these first dibs and not having to post as tight of markets because they don't have to post any market at all. They just can match the offer come inside, give a little bit of price improvement. So the whole system is somewhat rigged in that way. Uh, but it's rigged and, you know, it always has been rigged in different ways. But in this way, it allows free commissions. So that's the argument on the other side is, hey, if we didn't have payment for order flow. We probably can't give you free commissions. How There's- long do they have to decide to fade it or pass it on? Oh, it's done in milliseconds. It's done in milliseconds. There's not a human being thinking, hmm, let's analyze the spy. Let's analyze. No, they basically, basically, if if you're sending a marketable order for the most part, you're getting done. And it's usually going to be the off-exchange. I think it's something like 95% of marketable orders are executed by off-exchange market makers. What's that mean? If you're lifting the offer, hitting the bid, they're grabbing the spread. The The whole thing, they want to make the spread. So if the spread on the stock is $0.10 cents and you're willing to take the offer, they'll sell to you at the ask, hoping that they can buy from another guy coming in to sell on the bid. That's the whole thing. It's all about the spread. It's not about anything. It's not about your information. It's about the spread. It's about being able to sell on the offer and buy on the bid without actually posting an offer or posting a bid. It's a pretty good edge. I'll tell you, it's a pretty good edge. They're paying uh- for that edge, though. Ivan asked, uh, is the order book we see on ARCA and uh, INET and all that thing, is that different than what, uh, you know, for the market makers? And you know the answer to that one. Well, no, the order book's the same for everyone. I mean, the order books are the order books, but they don't even have to worry. They just have to use the order book for a reference price. 
And there has been arguments, and Dave Lauer has argued this, and you know I have too, is that the, the public quote can lag a little bit. And they can actually, you know, is, is an argument been made that, you know, sometimes they're matching against lagging quotes. So maybe you're not getting the best price. It's done all in milliseconds. And you're talking about the SIP versus, you know, the direct feeds. And are they, you know, doing, this is getting really complicated. Is it potentially they're matching you and, and doing you at a price that's worse based on the SIP? Some people have argued, yes, they're doing that. Other off-exchange market makers, absolutely not. They're saying we're not doing that. We're using the direct feeds to price those orders. I, you know, and I'm not going to go in to say that they're trying to intentionally give you a worse price. I'm just saying they're in it for the spread. Yeah, for That's the what spread. you need exactly. to understand is the people who are, you know, saying all these other things. No, they're in it for the spread. It's a, it's an efficient way to capture the spread. And the so, spread being the difference for newer traders, what the spread is, is the difference between the bid and the ask. So, so that's what, what market it, makers have always tried to be. You know, that, that's the game is always trying to make the spread. And now they can make it, you know, through these arrangements in the last, you know, 20 years. This Bernie Madoff started this. Um, yep. you know, th- yeah, thank Bernie Madoff. That's be, yeah, there used to be Madoff. What's that? When I used to, when we used to an oldie. And, it, and Joel, Joel used to be an yeah, off Yeah, I mean, we used so to you be. You can talk a little bit about that. 500, I mean, well, uh, Bill Big D made a uh, comment that, yeah, I remember when the NASDAQ spreads were 50 cents. I mean, all that was done by phone. 50 cents on some of these NASDAQ stocks. I mean, you could drive a truck through that spread. And then that phone rang and, uh, you know, there's a lot of conversations that went on there. So, it's you know, it hasn't improved in some ways. There's other ways that it's not. But I remember when uh, we used to post our trades on the Cincinnati Stock Exchange. And so I would be 500 up on, you know, on in every single stock you know, at, at every level. And you had to post a two-sided market in order to trade order flow. And it would be, it'd be New York. And then I can't like, maybe it was even Boston and then it'd be Cincy and then it'd be MADF. And that was Madoff and they were there and they were, they were the market makers and they, they actually had bigger size than, uh, then I, th- I think they were like a thousand up at the time, which is just Made absolutely, yeah, a- absolutely. And that was a very profitable part of his operation. I mean, those other things, uh, you the know, Ponzi that scheme. went on, I can't comment. <laughs> no. I, yeah, Those I other can't. things being the Ponzi right. scheme. But, but yeah. the, bottom right. line, the bottom line is, is payment for order flow um, a great system? Absolutely not. I mean, is it? Are there conflict of interest? Hell yeah. Does it suck for some people? Yeah. Uh, but do you think we're going back to a world where we everyone's paying commissions on everything? Hell no. No way. And the argument's going to be from the off exchange market makers that if you ban payment for order flow, we're going back to you know regular commissions. There is arguments from Rosenblatt. I've actually read that you know it's so competitive now that we're not going to go back. Even if you ban payment for order flow, they're not going back to, you know, to, to Robinhood isn't going to have to, you know, just start charging. Well, Robinhood never did commissions, but everyone else did, right? So so, it, so there, there is a good argument. And there's a couple brokerages people are asking. There's one in, in Canada doesn't allow payment for order flow. Um, and neither, neither does the UK. Canada is wealth simple that has zero commissions and they don't have payment for order flow but they make it on the spread they have a lot of their customers trading u.s stocks the foreign exchange spread they have a lot of their customers trading u.s stocks and they make it all in those foreign exchange transactions as people are coming in and buying u.s stocks they're getting them on the forex so that's where they're making it i mean a u.s 
base brokerage trading U.S. stocks isn't going to have that to make. So can they make it on interest? Can they make it on other things? Right. We, we, some money elsewhere. But don't do kid yourself. That. If they ban payment for order flow, Robinhood stock, their profits would drop substantially. So, I mean, it is a major risk. And if you like, want, they make we wanted money to take from? this to the stock. What else do they make money from? Well, invest, you know, the, uh, the, the normal the, stuff. Yeah, the, the interest on, you know, cash. Right. Uh, and, and we do have margin loans. There's one company in that I know of in the U.S., uh, public is what it's called. They don't charge commissions and they don't do payment for flow. So they they make money on you know the interest on your cat invest in your cash right that's basically and, interest and, interest and, and, and mar- margin loans and you know all that stuff, um, but the, it's an that, interesting the the whole thing is very interesting to me. This has been something you know, and everybody just thinks this has just happened. Payment for order flow is out in the early two thousands, and you know when I started talking about ten years ago. You know, I, I started talking about this 10 years ago in the conflicts of interest. And Dave Lauer was right there. That's why I know Dave very well. We've talked to regulators. You know, I've talked with Dave on the phone lots of times over the last decade. Um, and, you know, it's a, we, we're on the same page. I think that the efficiency of the market, you know, and I think liquidity, you know, and, and the one thing is, is the issue really payment for order flow or is it that we're allowing people to have the first dibs because maybe get rid of payment for order flow. Maybe they still route to these off exchange market makers. And we're not saying they're all, they actually give size improvement. So I'll give another argument on the other side is that, you know, if there's 200 shares on the offer and you try to lift it for a thousand, a lot of times you'll get done for the whole thousand, not all the time, but sometimes they give size improvement too. So they're given sometimes a little bit of price improvement where they give you a little bit better than the offer, a few fractions of a penny better. And sometimes they give size improvement. Does that make and justify the, them having the ability to not post a market, you know, a lit market, like where you're actually putting your bids and your offers out there and, you know, still being able to execute and being able to, you know, step ahead basically of the bid and the offer that's out there. That's the, the that's what I've argued. I don't know if it does justify that. Who's so, the guy he used there's to arguments on both sides here. Look with Lauer. Who is the guy that he used to, is he still affiliated? Chris, somebody or Chris Nagy? Yeah, Chris Nagy is great too. Chris Nagy knows. Maybe we'll get Chris on. Let's get. Yeah, Chris we on. had Chris on lots of times. Yeah, so we we've had Chris on lots of times too. I mean, this this conversation, you know, some people find it very boring. I find it fascinating. Um, and it has, but it has implications. And let's take it to the stocks because we haven't talked to any yep, stocks yet. Robinhood is the one that is impacted the most by this. And don't kid yourself. There, there was, you know, obviously PayPal. There was two multiple headlines yesterday that were taking Robinhood stock. One that PayPal might get into mm-hmm. the stock, but the big thing was Gensler coming out and saying banning payment for order flows on the table because nobody would be hurt more by a ban from payment for order flow than Robinhood, at Correct. least some of these public companies. So, I mean, Robinhood direct hit. Direct hit yesterday it gets hit hard. We can give you the technicals, but as you know, we get more color on this situation about payment for order flow. That is going to dictate the movements for H O O D. All right, and I'm going to look at this, and I'm just going to I'm going to look right on the chart instead of you know you can get your indications from left. But you're taking out the low. You're taking out the 42. Uh, what's been the, the low from yesterday? 42.56. You're taking that out right now with a little bit of gusto. So that's going to be your resistance along with the close. But I just don't think you're like whooshing right down to this 37 level, 37.29. I think I think you're going to get some defense here, and I think it's just kind of it's going to keep going down, keep going down. Try and find the bottom. Like, oh, there'll be some big bids at 40. 
might take a day or two to get that. And I just think it's going to, that's going to be, it's going to come down. It's going to make a little rounding bottom, hang out 40, 41. And then everyone's going to be like, oh yeah, that 37, 29 is going to hold. They're going to lean on it. And then that's going to be the question. Could it hold that low and then turn back up? Or are we going to take that out and take out the IPO? Frankly, I think, I think it's just, I think you're going to kind of see a little bit of a rounding bottom here. Trading lower right now, trading at the lows of the pre-market session. You know, if I got a look at this 37.19 today, the first time, if I was short, heck yeah, I'd stick my neck out there. But it just kind of feels like it's going to be a slow leak on the way the, down. The biggest issue here still is, um, you know, for Robinhood 2 is, is one, its valuation is not mm. cheap either. So one, their their business model is potentially under attack from the SEC chairman. Two, the stock valuation is not cheap. So, I mean, you have multiple factors happening here, um, yeah. which is obviously makes it scary. But, you know, from a technical base, we can do anything technically. I think you're right. What was the actual, like, price, Spencer, the the I. 38 38 yeah yeah yeah. those prices always seem to come into play yeah so i would say your natural even though you don't see much on the chart there i would say naturally i would think 38 is going to be a bounce point for it so i don't know if it's getting there in the next day or two but obviously it's come way off from when everybody got too excited on august the 4th when it went limit up and hit the 85 dollars. i mean that's off the table now and you know at least for a long time i think 38's on the table and remember the 38 was the IPO price and the opening price. It opened flat. It did not get that that day one pop on the on the opening print, um, which is interesting. So anyway, um, we're yeah. straight down here in the market. I mean, I know I'm trying to like trade and try <laughs> trying to work <laughs> out of a couple of Bing! arbitrage Bing! trades here. But anyway, yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, that's about Hood. Uh, who else? Uh, Virtue. The brokers came off. Yeah. Well, yeah. Vir- Virtue Financial gets hit to a certain extent. They're on the other side of this. Virtue yeah. Financial, obviously, an off-exchange market maker. They're an on-exchange market maker too. Um, so they get dinged because, oh, if ban payment for order flow, does that mean you're, you're not going to send as many orders to us? So we're not going to get the first dibs. You know, problem happening. So um, that's why Virtue Financial was down yesterday. And and the brokerage firms too were down. Yeah, and, not, yeah, and you think interactive brokers, but IBKR has a whole another business too. They don't get hit as hard because they obviously have, um, you know, two businesses. One, they have the interactive brokers light, where they will, you know, send their orders to off exchange market maker and give you free commissions. But you can also pay for a commission, or if you're professional, you don't have a choice. Yeah, if I have an I, I have an IB account, I have to go IB Pro because I'm licensed, so I have no choice. I'd like to go IB Light and have no commissions, but no, as a pro, I get to pay commissions at least to interactive brokers. Uh, can we talk for a second? I know we just discussed this yesterday as well, but today is the end of the month. There's been a couple questions in chat about the significance of that. It, it's always significant because you have you obviously have your portfolio managers that send out monthly reports. I mean, a lot of people watching the portfolios daily now, so it's not as significant as it used to be. But quarterly statements, there's monthly statements. So they often say, you know, that sometimes some of the stronger stocks for the month can, and this is a quarter thing too, can show strength and some of the weaker stocks can show weakness because portfolio managers want to show in their portfolios. They want to hold the ones that were doing well and they don't want to hold the ones that were not doing well. So that's the old theory, you know, the window dressing of the portfolio. 
Um, all you need to know is there are some adjustments happening often at the end of the month, and you do get some more volatility sometimes into that close. So I'd expect you know some more volatility. Sometimes there's some opportunities to maybe a stock moves, maybe it's a stock you wanted, and maybe it's a stock you wanted to sell, and you get an opportunity to sell a little bit higher. So th- there's just oper- more opportunities often in, at the end of the month. Also, there's uh, there's some options that expire today too. Yes, don't forget that. Yep. Um, the options. So, yeah, I mean, someone's got their pedal on the metal here. Uh, we're red. We're uh, we're not nowhere near the interday low here from yesterday. But uh, yeah, now we're over 23, 20, 23 handles off that pre-market high, forty-two and a quarter. That's looking pretty safe for right now. But uh, Robinhood, we covered. Do we do we want to cover any of these brokerage stocks, or do you there want? Aren't, there aren't that many anymore. There's like two. <laughs> there's there's Schwab. What Schwab do? And there Schwab Schwab got hit. They got hit uh, too. Yeah. Uh, there's Schwab and there's IBKR, and that's pretty. Are we doing anything with uh, Schwab anymore? Or uh, we're, always we're always doing things. We're always doing things. Yeah. Um, uh, no, these stocks got hit as well. Um, I saw that the Schwab had a nice double top in there. It sold off. It's bouncing. Better get back over 74 here. It's currently trading 73.85. That's right near all time highs. And then uh, this could have a negative impact. Morgan Stanley body. Tra- Ooh, look yep. at that. Bunching yep. up up there. Yep. Ooh, keep an eye on Morgan Stanley here. Wow. Ooh, three matching range days. 103.68. 10, ooh, boy, that's tight. Keep an eye out on that. Break out above 106 or break down below 103.50. Keep an eye on Morgan Stanley. All right. Should we go to Zoom? Yeah. Zoom. Okay. Uh, I, I was wrong uh, into, into this one yesterday on, on the At The Close show with Joel. I, I, I hypothesized that the the bar is so low, right? Everyone else has already came out and and, and warned, right? And by everyone else, well, Peloton. I mean, I mean Peloton. I mean Etsy. I mean Pinterest, Roku, Netflix, right? All these stay-at-home stocks, they all already warned. We all know this is gonna Zoom's gonna do the same thing. Surely the market knows this. I surely I was wrong. It doesn't it, price it, anything in. It's it, a market it, that doesn't price things in to a certain extent. Right, exactly. So so the numbers themselves yeah. actually weren't terrible, right? Their earnings per share for last quarter was above estimates, their sales for last quarter was above estimates, their guidance for the current quarter actually was like more or less in line, and their yeah. guidance for the for the rest of the year. Uh, was actually a little bit above estimates. Uh, in any case, uh, they said the same thing everyone else did. Yeah, they did, <laughs> and that's all it took. They said this. Basically, I said they got Pelotoned because yeah. this was the same report as Peloton. We know Peloton got whacked on their report. They're getting Pelotoned more, so maybe we should say Peloton got zoomed, or and it's a better verb. But uh, we're down significantly. I mean, Zoom is now trading down thirteen percent. Remember FIVN, the takeover. It yes. moves percent for percent. So FIVN, if you're wondering why that is down, because Zoom is buying them on his all-stock deal, and they move directly correlated with it. There's a risk arb trade, obviously, there, and it's down 12% this morning. If you want the, the sympathy play, the pure sympathy play that hasn't reported yet is DocuSign. DocuSign is due to report Thursday night. It's down $7 because, again, when you think of, you know, all those, you know, businesses that everybody was doing, you know, where we're going places when now we're doing meetings instead, we're doing virtual meetings, you know, we're not going to our gyms, we're exercising from home, well, we're not going to the physical uh, real estate office to sign, we sign with DocuSign. So that's why the relationship is there. DocuSign also seen as a stay-at-home play. These are pure stay-at-home stocks. 
Um, I do think DocuSign, you know, is, is, is just a wonderful business and what they do there. Again, valuation is an issue. And, you know, people are, are, are they, they do pair this up to a certain extent. So DocuSign's down seven bucks this morning because yep. of Zoom. And they report Thursday after the close. Yep. Just drill down on your daily lows from May. If you pick your poison here, 299, your May 19th low. That's where we're trading now. And then, uh, then 292. And then you get to the low of the move, which we may see today, but uh, 73.20 is the actual low of this move. And uh, two days later, it had a low at 75.80. But uh, down quite a bit. If you bought the 300 puts, probably not in the money yet, but I'm sure you got some improvement in price on there. Note the pre-market low. See if they try and bounce it. I'd say after this, my next bid would be at uh, 290. If, if we could stay under this 299, I'd throw some bid out if I was short at 292.15, see if you can get hit. After that, it really drops off and uh, trading at the lows of the pre-market session. So not calling a pop yet in this. I'm sure we'll have one at some point during the session, but there, there you look at Zoom. Love the platform. I love the platform. I mean, yeah. that, that was really smooth. The platform. Our webinar it's, was excellent. I know. It was really good. I mean, the the one downside was we had to do something for the international listeners because the paid Zoom platform was only allowing U.S. signups. So I don't know why that was the case. That will change. That will that'll change. change. We found that out afterwards. But I mean, the platform, when we did that webinar on the Saturday, was so smooth. It was awesome because people were asking questions and they pop up. So even as and me and Rob were in there, while you were doing your presentation, Joel, me and Rob are pecking off questions and they're popping up on the Zoom and then we just can mark it, you know, done and, you know, we send it off and everybody's getting answers. I mean, it was a nice, it's a nice setup, the Zoom platform. I didn't like that the webinar obviously expired after a week. We have to figure that out too. And obviously, again, we've said if it, we did tape it on our end. So if you signed up and, you know, you didn't, your, um, your recording expired on Saturday a week later, you know, we can send you the recording. Let's give the, the bull case and bear case for Zoom quickly. The bull case is that their enterprise sales um, are, are, are steady, right? Their big you know, business clients, steady, okay. right? Uh, still growing. Uh, they're more the, – the, the, that, the, that, that plus the fact that it's down 50% since, uh, what, October? I mean, there's an argument to be made there, right? The bear side is – um, and, and someone just said this in the chat. Slow black, slow black just said this. Everyone loves Zoom. Not so many are willing to pay for it. Uh, there's a lot of volatility for them on the low end of their customer base, right? The the small like small businesses and and, and individuals exactly who, who use it, but maybe don't pay for it. Um, and frankly, it's still an expensive stock on a price to sales basis or price. It, to, it, oh, they need something. Really they need price something else. You know still, what I mean? They need current something current. else. They it's trained twenty-two like, times sales. Yeah, they yeah. need um, they need like I don't know. I I heard like Zoom phone or something like that. That we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over three hundred and fifty million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. 
One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming, I wish I'd used Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility all at Indeed.com P-R-E-P. Just go to Indeed.com P-R-E-P right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com P-R-E-P. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc you know replace but they can't be the one trick pony they can't just do this and and i think they're smart enough that they will figure out some other businesses i think that you know so but again, am I buying the dip on Zuma $50 down? I mean, the valuation's still crazy and momentum's broke now. So you have no value investors touching it because it doesn't make any sense from a value investor play. And now you have the Momo guys saying, nah, you know what? Momentum's broken. I'll wait till it starts to turn around. That's why you get these, you know, when a, when a Momo stocks, when, it, when these growth stocks, you know, start, the growth starts to slow. That's where you can really see stocks get hammered because the growth guys get out, the Momo guys get out. And the value guys say, yeah, you know, it's still really expensive. You know, I like it at maybe $150, but I don't like it at $300 still. So that's where, you know, you have that gap that I always talk about when stock growth stocks start, growth slows. It can be a huge gap in price before you find the value investors to hold it up. What's Kathy doing in this one? Is Kathy been? More. She's I don't know. Like, I don't know, actually. I was going to say. Maybe she sold. She did sell some, too, I think, actually. You know, also. I don't know what uh, she's doing. It's a good question. I don't Facebook know. too. I mean, also, I think it's doing. I think it's doing. Oh no, Facebook, we always know. Sorry. Facebook is. Uh, I mean, you know, it's not like there's you know huge barriers to entry. I mean, Facebook has Facebook Live. I uh, one of uh, one of my buddies I talked to think that what Zoom is doing with the paid events, uh, fa- Facebook is going to be doing that too. You know, instead of going to a football game and sitting on the fifty yard line and paying all those tickets and parking and having to fight for your seat. You sit in your living room and you put on your Oculus goggles and you're sitting at the 50 yard line. Yeah. And, and then you got to go to the bathroom and you don't have to wait in line. And you got the food no. coming out of the kitchen, nice and warm. So the future I, of sports. I, I would just say uh, I had a, a fantasy football draft last night and the question came up. Do you guys want to do Google or zoom? And we use zoom. That's all I'm saying. Take that for what it's worth. Um, anyway, so and but they're not dumb. They're, they're buying five nine. They're not stupid, right? Like they're doing other things. They're doing other things. Um, yeah, and so, you know what's smart because they usually were using stock to do it. Yeah. So I mean, you you've always got to consider. It's like AOL buying Time Warner. I mean, right. they use stock to do it, and that actually, in hindsight, turned around and saved AOL because the AOL business has basically all died. 
yeah. and then they had Time Warner. So then they were still good to go. So it's, um, you know, that's the one thing is use that stock as currency. I mean, we talk about that all the time. And, you know, management should do that more often where you've got an inflated stock price. You should use that as currency. Like, should Tesla maybe be doing that? They have so much currency in their stock, you know, such an inflated price that maybe they should be looking at buying other businesses. Maybe they should be buying some lithium companies, you know, like here you are, you know, you've got the electric vehicles. I mean, obviously, I said they should have bought Boston Dynamics when from Google when, you know, obviously Hyundai beat them to it. Um, actually, it was SoftBank that it was in between and the SoftBank that sold it to Hyundai. But the stuff that they're doing at Boston Dynamics with the robotics that Tesla was hinting at. Boston Dynamics is already there on a lot of that stuff. I mean, they're way ahead. So, you know, it would have been a a cheap buy for them. So, Musk, if you're listening, I'd use your stock as currency and start buying. You know, maybe it depends where you want to go, I guess, with the businesses. But why not? Why not do small stock deals and buy Ford? I I don't think he wants the whole (laughs) unions. and I don't think that's what they don't want is that whole infrastructure that's built like that. Uh, but it, it, there is, you know, lithium. There's a lot of different companies that Tesla could do. I mean, and that would help it out as well. So, anyway, that's my thoughts. So let's put Zoom. In, uh, not that they weren't already there, but let's put them in the, in, in the group as with Peloton and and to to a lesser extent, you know, even Amazon, right? And and Netflix and Roku and and Etsy and Pins and we'll, let's watch them all together, right? Because they all spent this earning season warning essentially. Can I ask a question though? If yeah. the, the stay at home stocks are getting pounded, why are the why are the uh the uh reopening stocks getting pounded too? Because I mean, because McDonald's says they're gonna close indoor dining. I don't know, Joel. Did they? They they said they're think I think they're thinking about it. Or no, no, no. They they I don't know. the market's at all time highs. Yeah. How is everything getting pounded? I don't I don't that's I mean if there's you not take, much getting pounded. Okay. okay. The, the the stay-at-home stocks are 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 going down more than the reopening stocks are going out. How's that? Is that well, a fair... uh, just yeah, but only those two. I mean, there's a lot of stay-at-home stocks that are still holding up very well. I mean, you you could argue that Apple and Microsoft are stay-at-home stocks. They're both. They're everything. They went in. They went in all environments. That's Man, why those stocks are all time highs. Continuing to get pounded here, yeah. down. This is straight down. Dennis, are you sitting on a a sell button that you don't know about? Or Maybe. something there. So What's bad going on? knocking it down here. Yeah, right just all. knocking out the week here. Uh, we're down eight and a half handles here. Interday low from yesterday. That's on the radar. Ten seventy five. That was just above the high from Friday at ten even. At what point does it turn around and they buy the dip and we close green? That's the question. You're not going to close green. Ten o'clock. You're not going green. We're down nine handles. There's absolutely no way. The zero pit. Lunch bet. But you are. You make a good point. We didn't talk about that. The futures were up at one point here. Twenty handles. We're almost thirty handles off the highs. I know you only see us down ten. We were up 20 last night when we were all sleeping. I didn't realize that until Joel told me this morning because he watches the markets all night long for us, which is all awesome. All night long. Thank you, Joel. But at 2.30 in the morning, apparently we were up 20 S&P points. Yeah. I did not know that until I woke up and Joel told me. All right. right, let's. Uh, can we do our second stock of the day here at 8.37? <laughs> sure. Third, third sure, stock. sure. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, we did it. Okay, so I wanted to mention uh, just – as far as movers go, uh, S&P announced uh, some additions to the mid-cap 400 index last night. So APPS is going in. That's trading higher. Uh, Ligand, LGND going oh, in, trading higher. The ref. 
Yep. And then PFGC also going in, also trading higher. You always see these big S and P moves, and if you're if you're an after hours trader, they always happen typically at five fifteen Eastern. So if you see a sudden move up in like three four stocks, and I always know it's like oh it's probably an S and P ad, and then you obviously see it a few seconds later. But you know the algos are really quick, so they're on on zero seconds. But if you want to know what time they do these, it's typically five fifteen Eastern. Okay. I don't have anything to say about these. I mean, they right. go up, you know, yeah, you know, sometimes it's a good opportunity to sell. Stocks going to the S&P 500 actually sometimes can go down. When they go into the mid caps, they typically don't. So it's all about weightings. Are they going to a bigger weight in the s or into the mid cap? Coming from a bigger weight to a smaller weight in the S&P, those stocks can actually go down. We saw Penn Gaming. That was the absolute top the day, you know, that, that got announced. It was going to the S&P was the absolute top at $142 and was straight down ever since. So they're not always events, you know, where, you know, they necessarily just keep running and running and running. Um, some cases, though, there can be some, obviously, some institutional money managers that need to buy or sell, and that can move price. All right. Here's another one that we discussed yesterday, um, and it, it got some love on the social media interwebs um, at Corsair. I know we talked about this yesterday, at least I believe yeah. it yesterday. And it, it, oh, it, wow. Yeah, I know. So watch out for Corsair today, everyone. It's moving up here. So was Reddit got a hold of this thing again? It, it, it's almost impossible to say who did what, but I'm pretty sure what happened is it, it got mentioned by a very prominent YouTuber, uh, someone who's prominent in the AMC community. Uh, it's amazing the influence that some of these, um, you know, some of these social media platforms have. Yeah, I mean, last time Corsair got Reddited. I sold, the director sold, everybody sold because it was a ridiculous <laughs> pop. I had my Corsair and I was like, I'd bought a $40 and it was down at 32 And then it got, you know, the positive mention on Reddit was trading up like 25 or 27% that June 14th day. And I was like, thank you very much for getting my money back. I'll take the out. I think these are usually selling opportunities more than buying opportunities is what I'll say. So in some cases, they continue to go. But when your stocks get a, a big pop because it's getting mentioned on a social media platform, you know, a lot of times those are opportunities to get out. I will say Corsair, $30 is huge resistance. I do like the company. I've talked about rebuying it for a number of times. I probably should at some point in time. Um, I haven't yet, but I'm not going to be buying right. it today. It's up 5%. D- Damien's saying it was already popping when it was mentioned. Maybe maybe that's true, Damien. I, I, I don't I don't entire, entirely know. It's sort of impossible to, to nail it down exactly. So could be, but Regardless, I don't really care why. I just care that it happened. 30, a little bit of a roadblock. Nothing exactly a 30. Pre-market highs residing just under 30. Uh, daily highs that I think may come into play today. Uh, 30.29, that was one high just above 30. And then another high at 30.99. So I'd rather be a seller in between those two levels than a buyer. A buyer and a pullback. I mean, if I felt like I had to own this day today or I shorted it early, I'd try and get it back at the close. You don't want to see it go red after this kind of pumpage. Uh, 2831 with the close major support down at 27, put a quad bottom in there, uh, before you, you embarked on this move, big volume yesterday. Let's see if there's more, well, I won't say suckers out there, but if there's more people here willing to push it higher, uh, I'm doing something that I have done for a while and I'm just taking a quick look at the ratings calendar. See yeah, well, that's not take a vacation. Ratings calendar. What is that? I'm just taking. We haven't done that. I'm no, just, I know it's been like the market where you know there hasn't been yeah. any interesting one. I did see space. 
Yeah, I got some love from Jeffries here this yes. morning. That's what jumped out to me. I always take a look at the ratings calendar every day. So I'm just yeah. Um, space. Jeffries initiating believe thirty three dollar price target. Put a buy on it. That's why it's trading up seventy four cents. Mm-hmm. Sometimes these stocks that are really in the gutter, and Space has definitely been in the gutter since the you know the the test flight. You know, obviously yeah. top we can call it. Um, it's consolidated down here for a while. So now you're going to get it up and moving a little bit. Is there room to 30 on this? Yeah, it's a long ways away. I don't know. You probably, Joel, you're going to look at that top of 2704 first, right? Yeah, we haven't even taken out 20. Highest we've been is 2580, up 24 cents. So you always want to see, uh, you want to see, you know, follow through through the pre-market high. And you you're, you might be bet up here. It's not too far off that pre-market high. But next stopping point, your high from... Last Tuesday, one week high, 27, or last Wednesday, 27.04 would be a nice target. And after that, hmm, I don't see much after 27.04, but you're still a buck 80, buck 80 away from that high. Always get get through that pre-market high. I don't know if there's any paper in 26, but rounding bottom here, uh, Chance space has a chance. Maybe, maybe twenty five will be the new fifteen. Remember when it came down to fifteen all those times on the yep. monthly and took off. But uh, we'll see. It was definitely a fade. The after hours high on the day of the launch fifty nine twenty two, uninitiated two for one over two for one stock split. So. Jeffrey's uh, combing the ditches here for a buy recommendation. Daniel was asking about what the sales numbers are for space. Last quarter, half a half a million, half a million. They got some sales coming though, so it's yeah. Who's going? Start to see some flights. Some sales are coming. They're right. still basically pre-revenue. Yeah. So you know, yeah, they have a little bit of revenue from a couple of people. They're basically still pre-revenue. To go up in space for what seven minutes or something? Like it wasn't that? even long enough. That was the wow. problem. Here was the problem, and this is what I complained about that day. I'm like, I watched this, and so the flight was successful and cool, but I'm like, okay, the whole thing was like an hour, but they were just flying around, you know, in normal, like an airplane style, and then they blast you off, and you're up there for like two minutes or less. It was like a, like a minute, it felt like, that they were actually in space, and then they just free fall from there. So I'm sure that one minute is awesome, but is that worth like $350,000 to enjoy one minute of free fall in outer space? So I, I thought it was like we were going to like, It'd be cool if, like, you went around the whole earth, you know, for an hour and a half or something. And you got to take all kinds of pictures and stuff. One minute, I don't think it's enough. Okay. And it turned me off of it. All right, Dennis, what would you rather spend the money on? That or uh, Ethereum rock? Ah, oh, these NFTs. I mean, we got the Brady NFTs going and you got the. Wait, so, no, no, no. Answer, answer the question Space or Ethereum rock? Huh. Space. Ethereum rock is just ridiculous. Okay. okay. I will say, like, the people who are paying these million dollars for this rock that was created in less than 10 seconds, it looks like, I think these people are going to lose a lot of their money. I don't know when. Maybe the person that buys a million is going to sell it next week for 1.3, 1.5, but this is a hot potato, and eventually somebody is going to get burned bad. So I will not be buying an Ethereum rock. I will not be buying any of these NFTs. I think the whole thing is just ridiculous, to be honest. Um, I, I get... You know, some of it, I get some personalization aspects of it. I get, you know, that, oh, it's a collectible. But is it really a collectible? Like all these Brady NFTs are like, oh, there's only 13 of this one. Until the, well, until until the next round next week. Yeah. So there's 13 of this one. Now there's 13 of this one. Now there's 20 of this one. Now there's 50 of this one. But they're all Brady and they're just different pictures. Are these really as rare as you want them to be? So people are going to get upset with that. But 
I mean, and some people are making a lot of money. And I think it's the people that are actually on the other side of the selling these things that are probably making a lot of money. But I mean, yeah, some people are like, I'll get the first one. I'll flip it next week and I'll make myself $100,000. I'll make myself and they're flipping and they're doing well. And some people are doing this. Eventually, this all ends ugly, though, because I don't really buy the fact that all of these things are rare when you can simply just produce another one. Or this a rare rock? Who's coming out with the next amount of rare rocks? You know, and, and it's a picture of a rock. It's a million dollars. Think about a million dollars. I know it doesn't buy you as much as it used to, but that actually buys you a pretty decent house. Do you want a picture of a rock or do you want a house? All right. Here's the situation. Um, I Today and tomorrow, I have to leave the show early because we have our Benzinga Crypto Trading Festival that I am hosting slash moderating. Uh, so, and that, so that, that's after, to, after this show. We got crypto trading festival pretty, pretty much all day. So, no normal shows today. No one to close today. Uh, no, today or tomorrow because we got crypto. Did you trading. tell me that? Did you send me a calendar invite for that? Um, I removed it from the calendar and alerted you, so you should have gotten the notification. Okay. Uh, so I have to go, guys. Mitch, hop you're off. leaving now. I, I know, I know, keep I know. Cutting out early on. No, I know. It's just they want me to host it, and 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 I and I I'm too nice, Dennis. I'm too nice. Mitch, uh, get Mitch in here. Mitch doesn't leave us early. Mitch, Mitch is already here. So There's not enough room for the two of us. All right. <laughs> this is really his plan. He's taking over. <laughs> hey, Jason. Spencer to leave. You don't see the fingers there. going? <laughs> just goodbye, Spencer. Just, just give me your parting gift and hit the like button. Thank you very actually, much. Actually, actually, Spencer, tell him you're going to get Raz coffee. Tell us the truth. Yeah, he's you're a coffee not, guy. He's going to go office. get hot coffee. And, and don't forget the sugar. Hey, double <laughs> cream on that. Let's get sugar, it. One cream. I used to be a, be afraid of Joel back in the day. Anyway, <laughs> I think we. All I used are. to yell at you. I got to start yelling at you anymore. You guys, all you kids in the office probably haven't been yelled at in a while. I'm gonna have oh. to come down, Mitch. Mitch is. Uh, we're setting the official down. date. I'm coming in. I'm taking Mitch out to lunch. Get I'm ready. Like, get ready. Yeah, we're gonna. I'm gonna take Bring you the to a fancy place, man. I'm going downtown. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's I'll get go that. down there in my well, hazmat suit and everything. Dennis owes me lunch, but I don't think he could cross the border. What, so. what? I do remember. There was a bet, wasn't there? I do owe you lunch, don't I? What was that hey, one for? Hey, I hey. believe I do. Whatever way. I hey. think you want a bet. I think it was SPC. Joel loses every too, bet but... to me. Joel, you know what, though, is the cool thing is Joel owes me 100 lunches, so I'm just going to factor you at one of his. There so, so Joel, you owe Mitch a lunch for me as well. All right, I'm taking them out. I'm taking. I'm taking. Yeah, out a you nice can knock off. So to. now you only owe me ninety nine. I just gotta make sure it's still open. Uh, <laughs> anyways, all right, all right Mitch. guys, let's oh. go ahead. Let's take some stocks from the chat now. Um, I will let you guys know. Throw some tickers up now. The first thing I want to kind of get into is I'm thinking that we finally start running into some seasonality in solar. What are you guys thinking about that? Oh, you know what? I was looking at these solar stocks the other day, and there is some separation happening. You know, first solar sitting right up near the highs, and then you got sun power sitting right down near the lows. There has been separation in certain stocks. I own them both. Actually, no, I sold first solar, I think. Um, I still own the piece of sun power, just a small piece that I bought like 6 or $7, and I said I'd hold a little piece forever. I, I, you know, it depends on the stock, I guess. Like TAN has been coming back here. And then TAN's obviously big SEDG, which has been making right close to the highs. ENPH is big component as well. So you're seeing separation in the individual companies. Canadian Solar, CSIQ got hammered. Then it's coming back. I still like solar long term. 
Um, I don't know the seasonality aspects of it. You meaning we're going to have less sun coming into the winter? Is that what you're what, – what's the seasonality well, play? I, that I, I just look to? back at, at history, right? Historical perspective. Historical perspective gives us a move up between August and December. Um, if you look at the Ooh. yearly charts and the monthly charts, you look back, you'll see that they consistently come up during this time. Um, Have you been so going the, to stock odds? I know, I know. <laughs> That's something Rob Friesen would be pointing yeah, out to us. Yeah, a little closet stock odds guy over there. Well, one thing is I'm trying to do the best of three strategy here. So if I could learn a little bit of Rob, Dennis, Angel, I will take it. You'd be a beast. I will take it. There's one thing that I've definitely learned is uh, a little bit of relationship from Dennis, some technicals from Joel. And I mean, Rob does exactly what I like to do, which is, and and I've been told this, I I like basket trading. Uh, Spencer told me one time, he was like, why do you do baskets? Why not just buy ETFs? I told him because I think I'm better than some ETFs. Reason why is I can adjust faster than they can. I can be active to the next basket. I can try to pick winners versus try to get, let's say, 40 stocks. I'm only trying to get like five of the names in that industry. Right now in solar, some of the ones that I, I have right now, Max and I'm looking at Soul this morning. I had that one for a bet, M-A-X-N. Yeah, I'm What's looking at doing? That's consolidated. It's stabilized. Starting to show some mm-hmm. life. I like the bottoming action there by 16s and 17s. Yeah. Now we just need to get up through the 20. We can get up through the 20. I think this can get back towards the 200-day moving average, which would be up to 25.39. I still like solar. So obviously, the certain stocks have done better than other stocks here. Um, I own a little bit of SunPower. I, I don't know which other ones I own. I, I own a couple anyways. I used to have this MAXN too. It had a ridiculous run. I actually, I never, I rarely do this, Joel. But I had sold that max N, and I can't remember where, but I got the majority of the move. You know, what? usually I'm way out early, but I actually took some meat off that bone. So I did a good one on that, and I, and I never got back in. I probably should. You know, that's the one thing. It'll be higher, and I'll look at it back, you know, two years from now. I was like, why did I ever sell that? But it's uh, it's it's an art investing in, you know, but if you're picking companies, you think out growth. I, I like the whole solar industry. I like all the companies. All right, let's go ahead and I'll transition us to oil here. I'm seeing a lot of people talk about oil in the chat, and then we'll go to Baba. Yes, I said it, guys. We'll talk a little bit about Baba. Let's just first, you guys smash the like if you guys want to get to Baba. That's what I'll tell you. Get on up there to 500 likes today. That's our like goal. We're at 317. We need 200 more to get us up there to Baba. Who wants to see Baba? Hit that like. All right, let's talk a little bit of oil. What are you seeing out there, Joel? I know some people are talking about gush, but that's a leverage trade. Just want to put that out there. Um, definitely more of a day trading vehicle, but I, I've have traded this before. Um, I like to use gush and drip, but it, it's definitely a, a more this risky your leverage day trade. Place. Yeah, I was uh, I was hoping this was going to hang out around 69, 69 and a half a little bit longer, maybe test seventy. Uh, you've had some the the lot some violent breaks here and rebounds and uh, this this looks like you know you put that top in and you've had another major rally off the low so definitely leaning more towards the short side here uh, in crude uh, you know these these vicious moves down the rebound lower high here lower high here on the rebound so. I don't know. I love that. You know, I love to see it get back up into the 69 handle and fail. 
Uh, but to me, look at Toppy. So, I, you know, how it trades according to, you know, your ETFs and, uh, you know, the USO. Uh, I'm leaning to, I'm leaning to the south side here in crude. I, I am too. I think you look at the USO and you think it didn't rally. One, it didn't rally on the hurricane at all, which isn't a good sign. Not that, you know, the, the hurricane maybe didn't do much, much damage as some had feared. But, I mean, you've got this snapback rally. You know, USO got really sold hard there. And then four or five last days, it got a lot of the losses back. I think you got all kinds of resistance from 48 to 50. You got bag holders stuck here. Again, I'm just not a fan of oil long term, so there's always a bias there. But this is a snapback rally. I agree to be sold. Uh, Exxon Mobil, you can see, you know, moving uh, in sympathy uh, with the crude. And I can remember, I remember this uh, this uh, analyst rating, and you and you can mention it, uh, Mitch. Uh, someone upgrade. I think it was Raymond James. They upgraded this thing, and it was like 102 and a half, 103. And I was thinking, what the hell are they doing? I mean, I thought the chart looked horrible. I, you know, not horrible, but uh, yeah, I mean, just the stocks had got back up close to their January uh, twenty highs, and now now we're tapering off, and crude's in the red. So, uh, nice little pop here. If you didn't get out of uh, Chevron when it dipped under ninety four, a uh, couple highs in the same area. I think I think Warren did a little trade in this too. He bought it in like the high eighties and low nineties, and then he dumped some last quarter, which is uh, pretty unusual for Warren. So that's what I'm looking at in uh, in those issues. All right, let's see if we can get towards that five hundred like goal now. What I'm gonna bring up is. They don't like us. I, I agree with you, Mommy, Joel. They don't like that us. I, I, I'm going to be looking for some downside action. Actually, you know, every time you say that, like in the third grade, you know, you <laughs> go ask Jamie if she likes me. You know, and then if the kid wanted that. to be, you know, one, he'd go, "You want to know if Janie likes you." And then, like, you turn all red and punch the kid in the face, and, you know. <laughs> they, and now it's all on cell phones. Yeah, so now, now, yeah. Oh, everybody. yeah. Oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah, look, you know. <laughs> don't, mess with jo- don't mess with Joel in the third grade. How do you get to fight on Zoom? I you mean, were always you know? scrappy in school, weren't you, Joel? No. You were a little scrapper. No, no. I got right, in a fight guys. in grade three. That was the last like fight that I got in, I think, in all through grade school. Guess grade what, three. guys? We actually yeah. got a tip today. Blue collared lifestyle. Bucks. Likes okay, us. yeah. What's stocking? You what does he want? When you pay twenty five dollars, you don't need likes. You get you get your stock immediately. But what was it? VRT what? and STEM. Ooh, I haven't heard of that. VRT new highs on the move. What's not to like when stocks are making new highs? Um, is this a new all time high? I'm trying to go back. Yeah, I believe it is. So stocks making new all time highs. Those are always fun to own because there's no overhead supply. There's no pain there's no overhead thirty dollars next logical stopping up or stopping point for vrt maybe a little bit overbought but i always like stocks making new all-time highs stem is a different story this is a stock it's got a little cup and handle for them and joel but it's forming the handle right around the old 25 resistance i'd say guilty until proven innocent here though because you got if you subscribe to the theory that old support becomes near resistance. We are getting resistance right where we had support back in July with that double bottom of 25. And now we're showing resistance there. Can it get up over 25? Can it take out the high from three days ago, 25, 85? 
I want to see this thing over 26. So you're you're struggling where an area you would think you'd struggle. So right now, I can't predict which way it's a coin flip on whether this is actually going to continue to move up or fail here at the old uh, support line. Well, it backed off too to close at 2496, uh, down eight cents. So once again, to get at that seller, you're going to have to rally 60, 70 cents. It doesn't look like the average trading range is much above that. But Dennis identified the key levels. Uh, next, you know, if you're if your target's just above that, then you're looking for a gap fill at 26. 64 uh seven up days in a row let's see did you have you haven't had seven higher lows but uh broke the winning streak oh no that was the other stock broke the winning streak yesterday the two-day winning streak uh so high close of the move is right up there 2532 and then the other one v-i-r-t seven no no v-r-t VRT. I was close. Wasn't Vertu. Vertu okay. is uh, obviously got hit yesterday. I'm paying for it before we talk. Seven about up days in a row. Uh, seven uh, closes, higher closes in a, in a row. Seven higher lows in a row. That streak won't last forever. But let's take out that 2877 New York stock. Let's see. Never been to 29. See if there's any stock there. But uh, seven day uh, winning streak. So that won't go on forever. These situations, I kind of like to keep an eye on the low close for the move. And then if that's taken out, uh, then, you know, then you're locking in some shekels there. But uh, big run up, uh, next stopping point, you know, well, first 28.77 and see if there's any paper at 29. All right, we're gonna go ahead and start wrapping up here. The we did get Baba. We could do. Can we do it? Yeah, let's do Baba right. Quick. Okay, let's so yesterday we liked Baba. I was like looking at it and saying that. And Friday, on to buy it. You could lean on the one fifty two eighty. Man, that would have worked well. I did not do it. I'm still long in the long term account, but I didn't buy more. One fifty eight twenty three. Now it starts to rip higher here again. So the opportunity was the last two days to buy Baba. Now the train just left the station again. Can you chase it here? It hasn't paid to chase Baba for a long time, so I'm not chasing it. Uh, it's kind of hard to talk about gap fills, you know, just because it gaps every day because of the, you know, kind of the secondary market. But uh, if you're looking for more file through, then you got to take, I see uh, two levels, keep an eye on it. First of all, pre-market high, someone said, I'm out of 169 on this trade. I'm taking my 10, 12 points and you have backed off a, a buck and a half. Uh, if you're worried it won't get there, keep an eye on 168.45. Uh, that's your three-day high. And and it was another day where it made a lot. Oh, it actually put a double bottom in there. And then it. Uh, I was looking at that, and I'm like, I think that might be higher tomorrow. But uh, didn't do anything on it. If I did, I'd be waiting for that 168, 160, 168 and a half, 169. Uh, stay tuned to my Twitter feed. Uh, yep, I got to hop over, do uh, the tickers we missed there, premarketprep.com. I'll be over there momentarily, and uh, I'll message you later, Mitch. Go get them, Triple D. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at bet mgm 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 